You are listening to the Derek Asante Podcast, the show that brings you insightful conversations about everyday topics. We just aim to keep the discussion above the average. Our guests are the ones bringing the social proof to the conversation. Let's get into it. I'm your host, Derek Asante, and today I am having this wonderful conversation with someone that I recently actually met. And I think what's great about this individual was just the energy that, you know, that she had that intrigued me and obviously her story. Um, so I have this opportunity and I'm going to say we, because, you know, if you're listening to this now, you're a part of the conversation and, uh, I wanted to pretty much get you acquainted the same way I'm going to be acquainted with her, uh, during this conversation. She's a mother, a caregiver to other people's children as well in the role that she, you know, takes care of everybody else throughout the world that she, you know, navigates on a daily basis. And I think that's incredible. Uh, She's here so that we can also get acquainted with her, but I don't know much about her. I learned a little bit about her story, but I think I'm going to dive a little bit deeper today and hopefully she's willing to share a little bit more than what she's already shared. And I think she shared a lot with me already, but I want you guys to also um, embrace this opportunity and cherish the people around you. So without further ado, please help me welcome I'm going to butcher your name a little bit here, Angela, so you're going to have to correct me if I mess it up, okay? I'm going to do my best. <laughs> Angela Vendebos? Like, how, how bad did I do? You can just call me boss. That's fine. Just call you boss? Yeah. All right. I'll call you boss. There you go. So welcome to the show. And so what I normally do is I open up with a quote and the quote that I have for you, I'm going to share that with you. And I want you to share with me what comes to mind when you hear this quote. All right. It reads, and this quote is by Virginia Satire. It reads, so much is asked of parents and so little is given. What comes to mind when you hear that? Um, well, that could be so deep. We could dive into that one. Um, I, think, I think in general, a lot, of, a lot of parents are stuck in a situation of managing an inconvenience rather than raising a human being Mm. or that's that sometimes can feel like that in this society where everybody's overscheduled everybody's working multiple jobs nobody's having time to actually connect that the connections feel forced Uh, uh, it's not what they want but it's something they feel they have to do yeah I think you know when you're you're talking about so much as asked of parents what what what's so much what we don't have time for why don't we have time for it I like that I like that we got time we got time right but we we we're forced into society's belief as to what we have to look like as a family right in order to to be meeting those expectations of what is asked of us. So let me ask you this. I like, I like what you're saying. Um, what are some of those expectations that you can think of that you're alluding to? Well, 
that we raise productive members of society and all uh, contribute to our children's lives, all that, all the platforming, the scaffolding that they would need to be that. Um, safety, safe, safe house, good food, love, support, respect. Thank you for that. So I wanted to start this conversation because I wanted to start with a few things. Um, some of the things that I want to talk to you about is becoming a mother for the first time, mm-hmm. uh, some of your life goals, uh, some of the obstacles that you might have encountered over your, you know, moving forward in your journey and, and anything else that pretty much the hurdles that you've encountered. Right. So before we get to all of those, I want to start from the beginning. Right. I want to know who the boss is. Right. I want to know who the <laughs> boss was. And I, I want to know who the boss is going to become in the future. So let's start from the beginning. Where were you, um, let's say, as as a 12-year-old? Like, what were the things that you were into? Uh, video games, uh, playing in the park, playing running bases, all the, all the rough stuff, karate. I was into that. What? Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I did a little martial arts when I was a 12 year old. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. That was like, my thing. like I, you actually went into, you were enrolled in like a program. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And did Big you up Northern Karate School. <laughs> did, did you enjoy it though? I loved it. I loved it. It was me versus me. It was me versus me. It wasn't a team sport. It was like, we, even when I went to competition, it was me conquering my fear of fighting somebody, me of conquering my fear of making a fool of myself out there in front of everybody, you know? Right. So, yeah, that's the kind of stuff that I like to do when I was a kid. Wow. Did you, wait, did, did, when you went into competition, did you, you know, did some people dirty or? No, I got some medals. Okay. I got some medals. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> wow. You you're the first. You're the first um person that I've met that actually got into karate and actually competed as a you know a young person. So that's okay. that's pretty dope. Yeah. That's pretty dope. That's pretty I mean, dope. I guess that's what makes me like a boss. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> so where are you today? Where is the boss today? What kind of person is she today? What are you into today? I'm in the suburbs. I enjoyed long walks on the beach. Just kidding. No, I'm not kidding, but <laughs> I, I wasn't that fun. Uh, listen, I just don't want to hear you laugh. That's all. I'm, I'm, this is, I've been excited about this interview and this is joking around and like doing this. So, um, yeah, you know what? I, I, when I'm not working, I have multiple jobs. And when I'm not working, um, I'm sitting in my backyard in my gazebo, chilling. Nice. Uh, Listen to music, doing my thing, reading, whatever I got to do. Pretty much just spending a lot of time at home. Um, that's that's where I like to be. So how would you describe, you know, your childhood experience overall? Like if you had to summarize that for me, what were some of your great moments and some of your not so great moments that really stand out to you? There was a lot of me learning strategies on how to keep myself safe in in my heart, in my head, in my body. 
so um, it was a constant mountain of climbing to another obstacle, but it trained me for every everything perfectly. So it was lessons and blessings. Nice, nice. I'm just curious because you said what you just said. Have you ever read the the Art of War or Forty Eight Laws of Power? Mm-mm, no. No. You should. No. You should. Okay. Yeah, either the audiobook or something. Yeah, something to pick up. You know, the audiobook or something like that, just so you can listen to it on the ride. But I think what you said kind of triggered that that thought for me. Um, just the fact that you had to overcome quite a bit the way you described it, and you know, be being strategic in your approaches and things like that. Those are two books that I think resonated with me because as I hear you say it, that's exactly what they, they talk about is how to strategize on your daily basis and, and just, you know, work environments and things like that and the people that you have to encounter. Right. So that's pretty dope mm-hmm. now, but if you had to share with me like a really dope experience that you, you had as a child, what would that be? Like a memory that you say, you know what? That was a that was a good day or a good time. Like a, like a core memory. Okay, the the, the a best the best core memory I think is there was this birthday party spot called the Mad Hatter's Playhouse. Okay. And my auntie, my auntie, like paid for my birthday party. I think it was my eighth birthday party. And uh, all my friends came, and this place was like you could have a food fight. There was like. Oh wow. All kinds of fun stuff you could do. It was like Chuck E. Cheese on crack. I don't know what it was, <laughs> but she, no, my my auntie really made that 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 party special for me, and like she really she she did a good job. That was the best birthday party of my life. Nice, nice. Have you have you experienced something similar to that as an adult, or are you just being wild and silly? And I mean, for a birthday. Um. Yeah, I can definitely be wild and silly. But have you have all you, year round? All year round. <laughs> <laughs> all year round. <laughs> it's a lifestyle. <laughs> all year round, man. That's hard to keep up. That's incredible. No. <laughs> oh man, how many siblings do you have, by the way? Um, I have a sister. Okay, just the two of you. Yeah. Um. She, she, she and I have a different mom. Okay. And we weren't, uh, we were a little bit close for, for a couple of years when we were kids, but for the most part, we really, we haven't been all that close. Oh, no? No. Why? What happened? I don't think anything really happened. I think just um, my life and her life just didn't align and them some breaks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you, did you, but did you guys end up kind of, being raised in different homes or was that a part of it? Yeah, for a lot. Yeah. I think, I think we lived together for maybe about like four years when she was maybe two until six. Okay. 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 Oh, like around, around that. And yeah. So, and then after that, we didn't live together anymore. Oh, wow. Is that, is that a relationship that you would want to work on mending you think or no? No, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, nah, I'm I'm bossed friend. up. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So 
So today, I, I clearly can see that you work a lot, right? You said it already. And I'm curious, though. I do. I do. I have a couple different jobs, but by design. And the ones, the jobs that I have, all the jobs, all the careers that I have, all the jobs that I have, I pick them. Mm-hmm. Like I actually, I picked them on purpose. It wasn't out of necessity. It was, I, I wanted my life to be full of things that I love to do. Got it. Got it. So, so I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to pick your brain about that when we get there. Um, but I'm curious, what activities do you engage in to kind of sustain your mental health and, and happiness in your world? Like what are some things that you do to make sure you have that? As of as of recently, I've been waking up every single morning, holding myself accountable, doing 10 minutes of yoga and meditating in my gazebo outside. Um, I make sure that I drink lots of water because I know that's, that's just something for me. I got to make sure I drink a lot of water. Um, I make sure that I go to the beach at least once a week. Oh, nice. Rain or shine. Is, is there one close to you? Sorry. Yeah, about 20 minutes away. Oh, that's not bad. It's not bad at all. Um, yeah, I make sure I do that. I make sure that I have check-ins with my kids. Um, they're all pretty big now. Where they're all doing their own thing. They got a lot going on, but make sure that we get some time where... We're all connecting, um, talking about whatever our next move, growth, like their their interpersonal relationship dramas, whatever. Just you know, just connecting, um, making sure that we're not too busy for for that. Like those kind of things make me feel satisfied that I'm taking care of all the things that I worry about. Right, right. That's dope question for you i didn't i should have asked you this before it just dawned on me what's your background um my father's dutch my mother's italian that's pretty cool mix i never would have guessed that no do you speak any of um the two languages no i no i i understand i speak some dutch okay but i understand more dutch when i was a kid i spoke more dutch i guess i didn't use it over the years so wow I lost it. I want to learn one word in Dutch. Can you? How, how do I? How do I say hello? Dag. Dag. Yeah, a little more, a little more in there. Dag. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Let me let me give it a shot. Let me get Dag. Am I close? There you go. I got that's, it. That's all right. There you yeah, go. That was all right. There uh-huh. you go. I'll take it. I'll take it. That's a C plus, but I'll take it. I'll take the C plus. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make my way up there. That's pretty cool. But how would you put that in, in a sentence though? Like, I mean. You, you mean, wouldn't, you would just you wouldn't say just it. Say it it's, right? it's also, it's, yeah. It's also when you say goodbye, you say it too. Um, oh, okay. So it's, it's both. Right, 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 yeah. right. Right. So are you creative? Would you consider yourself to be a creative individual? Anything related oh, to the arts? I would consider myself to be a, an obscenely amount of creative. Non-creative? <laughs> I'm so creative. I'm, yes, I'm very creative. Very. So what are some of the creative things that you're into? I love painting. I love drawing, coloring, decorating. Um, Wait. Designing jewelry. 
the drawing and the painting, when's the last time you did one? I did a painting a few weeks ago. Oh, okay. Um, it was like a pop art kind of thing. It was a it was a woman, and her face was the sky, and her hair was the clouds. She was smoking a pink joint, um, a pink blend, I guess, and she was crying. And the puddle of tears that she was crying, like every tear was another word, like love, trust, betrayal, like all the things. So the whole puddle was just all these different meaningful words joy like things that you cry for like your joy your your pain like all the things right right but what yeah. what made you so that's, that's what i did how did that imagery come to you like why why that imagery i'm curious i i i don't even i cannot recall okay it just came to you yeah <laughs> 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 it just it, sometimes it is it's like that yeah yeah okay what is i, I want to learn a little bit about the, the family background like if you had to describe your mom or your dad what would you say about them um <laughs> not a lot <laughs> no why not uh, <laughs> yeah i don't really talk to them or about them um I really don't, I don't know them well enough to describe them. Um, I just, I kind of just do my own thing and stay in my lane. So I can't, I can't really comment on them. Who they were when I was, when, when I was a child. Right. Um, were not, they didn't do a great job at keeping me safe. They didn't do a great job at um, making sure that their shit was in line so that their kids didn't have to deal with their shit. You know what I mean? I, I, I do. I do apologize for that. I didn't. I hope I didn't trigger you in any way. I, I do apologize you for that. Didn't, you didn't. Listen, I've had to come to terms with the fact that not everybody can be a boss. They may have the same name, but hey. they are not going to be me. So... <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, I love that attitude. I, I, I really do. And it's, it's gonna, it's gonna help a lot of people. It's gonna help a lot of people. And I appreciate you keeping that positive energy and, and that attitude about just the way you're looking at things. Right. And yes, I'm laughing, but I understand the value in it. And so, and I, I think you, you understand the value in it as well. Otherwise you wouldn't have that energy. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Man. So the unfortunate thing is sometimes our parents, they leave traces besides their DNA. Right. And I'm talking about traces as as far as how they, (laughs) how they impact us. Right. So what are some things that you feel you unfortunately picked up that you otherwise, you know, you didn't realize you picked up, I should say. What are some of those traits? Um, I would say like a lot of my my negative self-talk, like a lot of of that I think came from, I don't know if it came from them. Did they talk about themselves like that? Maybe, but they definitely did talk to me like that. Right. Um, So that became my internal voice. And then of course 
passing that down before I reached a conscious level where I was like, oh, wait, you can't do that to somebody. You can't do that to it. So you can't say those kind of things. That's not right. Right. You kind of reach, you have to go through it, experience that doing that and then catch yourself to be able to change it. Right. Yeah. At, at what point in your life do you think you recognize that you were doing it? First of all, because I think there's always a moment where we realize, wait a minute, I've been doing this thing this way, but I recognize now that it wasn't always the best way to do things. At what point did you recognize that? I I can't really pinpoint. I mean, there's been a lot of um, hurdles that I've had to overcome over the years when it comes to trauma, right? Um, so it's been just a constant progression, like an incline since the moment I had my first child. There was never going to be a day that I didn't start make myself better, at least one iota um, for that child. So that child wouldn't have to work as hard as me to be a more secure person, a more gentle person, a more healed person, a more conscious person. You you said you pass it down. Um, before I get to that question, I'm curious now, what was your support system like at that point? Like when, first of all, let's, let's back it up a little bit. Okay. When did you leave home? When did you leave home and say, I'm going to step out into this world early, on my own? Early, like, like between 13 and 15, I was, I did not have a safe place to live for sure. And then by the time I got to be 16, then people would start renting to me. So I, like I had work and I paid, I had a basement apartment. But before that, like nobody's going to rent to a, a right. young kid. So I was couch surfing, doing a lot of that. Wow. Is that, was that in the 90s? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was. I can only imagine. I turned, I turned six, yeah, I turned 16 in 1999. Wow. So I'm trying to think, like you're, you're couch surfing, you're 13. 14. Mm-hmm. How do you, what was your view of, of the world at this point? Like, what, what, how did you think of, you know, what did you think of adults? And how, I'm, I'm just curious as a 13 year old, what you're thinking. Cause I know most 13 year olds um, were out playing and not worried about where they're going to sleep or when they're going to get their next meal because they already had mm-hmm. parents. So in your situation, I'm curious, like, what was that like? Um, I had a couple of really, like good friends mm-hmm. who opened their homes to me and like their parents kind of like always made me a plate, always made sure I had bus tickets to get to school. Um, a lot of them I'm sure weren't pleased with me sleeping there on a school night right. multiple times. Right, <laughs> like right. I'm, I'm sure that they weren't pleased but I made sure that I wasn't in the way. I made sure I did more than I took. I made sure that I was somebody of value. Um, Thus brings me to the point of a lot of people (laughs) get to this where they think they have to perform for love, Mm -hmm. that their existence just isn't enough. They have to do these things to earn their keep or earn this, this human respect. Right. Right. Would you, would you say you were 
a negative, angry teen at that point, or you were still level-headed? No, I was never, I was never a negative, angry teen at all. Oh, nice. I have, no, like there were times where I would be triggered and feel unsafe and fight like that, that would be, but I was, I never walked into any situation looking for a fight. I never walked into any situation aggressive or I was more meek until I had to be something else. Right. I wanted to be more invisible than a dominant presence. So you couch surf for a few years. Yes. And at what age did you become a mom? 19. So I'm assuming you were, you're in a relationship and that situation happened. Yeah. So how, how would you describe that, that partner at that time? At the time, um, things were moving pretty fast, but I, I do believe authentically to the capacity that like we were in love. Right. Um, he, he was a couple of years, like two years older than me. Um, yeah, like I, we had a good thing going. Mm-hmm. We, this, you know, the second I found out that, that I was pregnant, I quit smoking, quit smoking weed, um, started kind of making plans about how I was going to advance like take care of the things I needed to take care of before I needed to take care of another human being, you know, like my grade 12, all that kind of stuff that you like, you're like, okay, let's get these things under wraps so that I can focus on this little baby and how to, how to be more equipped to give this little baby a better life. Were you nervous? Um, Oh man, I was excited. You were more excited than scared. I was more excited than scared. I was excited. What, why, yeah. do you, why do you think that is? Why do you think you were more excited than, than afraid? I just, I just wanted, I, I, I wanted to be a mom. I just, I like felt that. And I need, like, I just had that there. Like I wanted to just be a mom. Now I can like dissect that. Sure. <laughs> in Please. All kinds of ways. Please share. I mean, I did not, I obviously did not have a steady relationship with my parents, specifically my mother. Obviously I was projecting, right? This unconditional bond, this whatever I'm searching for. I'm trying to meet my needs, right? Um, And I'm making impulsive decisions trying to meet my needs, which my son was born so strong and healthy and beautiful and smart. And I've never seen his father ever smile like that in my life. The second he laid eyes on him, it was the most, it was so beautiful. It was everything it like captured in my mind. Like who cares about the cameras and the photos? Right. I have that forever. I have that. There's nothing that can take that away. Like no matter what we go through as people individually, like, I was excited and for good reason because that was one of the best days of my life. Wow. I mean, you know, being a single parent for the majority of my kids' lives, sometimes I've thought they were my, you know, curse or, and then sometimes they were my salvation. But, um, 
No. Were you were you best days of my were you prepared? Like I'm I'm how was the relationship with his father after you know amazing? It's still it's presently it's still strong? No. What happened there? This is a whole <laughs> this is a whole story. Yeah. So originally okay, so this kind of leads into why you and I originally got connected okay right, um right. you you kind of posted something about how do you give back to your community and i said you know a little something about how i had a son who passed away and he had special needs and you know i give back to my community by giving back to the kids who are living with special needs when i had so much help from different agencies when i was 21 years old dealing dealing with that right so I'm kind of paying it forward so after my son passed away my husband just couldn't really handle it I was already like nine months pregnant with Michael my third son so you know we were in a situation where I needed to tell him you have to go to rehab like he was just doing drugs and it wasn't okay you have to go to rehab or I'm leaving um I had brand new newborn baby my other son just just buried him and a four-year-old like so and I'm 23 what the hell do you know at 23 right oh my gosh (laughs) right what do you know and so I did, and and then I had to walk away because he didn't choose us. He chose drugs, and um, I left, and I went to law school, and I got my paralegal degree, and I worked at a WSIB firm for a while, and I met somebody else, and then that didn't work out either. So here I am. Wow. Sorry, I, I, I want to talk a little bit about that's a huge, huge. There's like so much in between. <laughs> yeah, this conversation could go on too long. It, it's there's a, it needs to be a part two. <laughs> right? No, we're. I'm gonna. I'm. It's on. It's being recorded. So I know. I'm, I heard you say that. So we're gonna definitely have a part two. Um, but wow. So you buried a four year old? No. No. Okay. My my four year old was alive. Okay. My second my second son. He was fourteen months old when he died. Fourteen months. Yes. Gosh. What was his name? Blake. Blake. Yeah. Wow. Uh, rest in peace. Sorry, I'm I'm trying to wrap my head around that. His life was full of seizures and feeding tubes and pain and physical anomalies. So he's definitely at peace. Just absolutely, absolutely. And I'll tell you, like, everything works out exactly how it's supposed to. He was, he was born for a reason he he died for a reason um and 
it's really hard for people to come out of their pain or their ego and just say, poor me, my son, poor me, this is what happened to me, instead of trying to find the lesson in it. Because if you can find that, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you can do good work in this world. What was that lesson for you? Um, I think that I, I, it's a feeling. It's not, it's a feeling. It's not even, it's not even, Mm. I can't even articulate it. Um, it's just, it's, it's medicine. Like, um, the lesson is just to like, make sure when you go out into your day that you leave the world a better place. than when you come back to your home at the night, like no matter what, no matter who you come into contact, you smile, you, you compliment people, you be happy. You, you love your life and everybody's differences, like everybody's everything. Like just, just to be appreciative. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that because I literally try to adopt that every day um, where your interaction, my interactions with people every day, my goal is to make it better or add to it in any way possible. And if I'm not able to add to it in in a grand scheme of things that I have an impact on the person, right? That was positive. Did they, did they get a smile? Did they get, you know, something that they had never thought of before? Um, did I get them to yeah. consider something, you know, did I evoke some sort of emotion or change for the better in their, in their world? And that's literally what I try to do every day. And just based on my interactions, I enjoy and meeting people. Yeah. And that's good work. Like that's just good medicine. Yeah. Yeah. It's important. It's important. Thank, thank you for sharing that. Um, what's, what's the relationship like now with your first partner with the addiction? Um, he has never come back from that addiction, unfortunately. Um, he is still struggling. Uh, the boys refuse contact. There hasn't been contact in a decade, maybe perhaps more. Um we all were very close with his mother and his sister going on family vacations together, family dinners, very, you know, um, very good, like good family, but he, unfortunately he missed out. I'm going to try and push forward a bit and see adoption. What's your experience with that? Have you ever had any experience with adoption or know anyone who went through something of that nature? Well, what I think you're referring to is the, little piece of information about my middle son that I revealed to you that um, when I discovered that I was pregnant with him, the decision to put him up for adoption was on the table. And uh, financially, there was no way Financially, there was just no way. I just kept envisioning myself that I uh, was raising these kids by myself and not being able to provide for them. So I reached out um, to an agency and yeah, like I 
proceeded with trying to um, put my unborn child up for adoption. What was that experience like? Did you find it either informative, helpful? Um, did it? I, it was just a process. It was a, it was like any other kind of process that you have to go through. Um, sorry, the reason why the questions. Yeah. Sorry, sorry to cut you. The reason why I'm asking because I have no idea what that process is like. So any light you can shed on it would be great for me and anybody that that's curious from, about it as well. From a, okay. So from a young mother's standpoint, like a, I guess I was 21, uh, from, from that standpoint, um, I made a call to an agency. I told them my situation. They were very supportive. They came to my house. Um, through my pregnancy, they checked on me. And if I needed groceries or a grocery card, they were happy to help. Um, they definitely um, were supportive of, of the process up until a point. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's, that's the climax. What, what happened to that point? Yeah, yeah. Okay, are you ready for it? Ready for it? I don't know so, if I'm ready, but I'll take it. <laughs> you know, this is, it's, it's a really, I have a very good way of telling a story without the, without um, emphasizing on the motions that I was feeling while mm. I was going through all these, decisions in my life right? right I kind of animate the story that I'm telling but uh so it kind of it, it doesn't help the dialogue but um yeah like I really thought that I was uh, giving some pe- some two-parent home a very great gift of this healthy strong boy mm. uh and then you know the uh the deal was that once once I gave birth to him, I didn't want to look at him. I wanted them to take him away, so I wouldn't, you know, have that connection. There was no way. There was no way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, and and you know, you can't even you can't like if you knew me as a mother, you'd know this is like wild, right? Like it doesn't matter what I think of myself matters, and it was wild. I don't know what I was thinking, but. Um, yeah, so uh, the, the the agency came in and said, do you still want to proceed with the adoption? And I said, okay, yeah, no problem. Of course, I hadn't seen him yet. I hadn't anything. I just said, I just want to name him. And I told him, I told the, the worker um, the name that I that I wanted to, to name him. And I signed the papers. Wow. And... Right after I signed the papers, the worker said, well, I need you to listen because there's some things that are wrong with that baby that we don't really know what's going on. So automatically, nobody's going to want him and love him like me. So this changes everything. This changes everything. Now, now. I'm like, no, like I, I'm not cool with this adoption. Like I'm like, we need to take care of this, right? you know? And I'm thinking, oh, is it because I didn't want him? I'm going through all these psychological, psychologically damaging 
thoughts. I mean, he was in the hospital for five weeks. Um, he And he wasn't even diagnosed or prognosed, like had no prognosis until he was, you know, like six, six or five months old. No way. So it was, it was, uh, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. Why did, why did it take so, so long? I think because there was only 11 documented cases of what he had of his syndrome in all of the medical journals. Wow. So because the internet was not a predominant method of contact and sharing files and medical journals, yes. uh, the geneticist that sick kids really had to dig deep um, to find out because there wasn't, it, he, he looked similar to um, that of a Down syndrome child with the low set ears and the, and the palate and kind of things like that. But he, his chromosome, um, they just, they, they had to just dig, dig really deep. And uh, yeah, when they found out and they diagnosed him. Yeah, they let me know there was only eleven documented cases in all of the medical journals at that at that point, and he was he wasn't going to make it to to live till he was two. Wow. So. So, knowing that, knowing that, how did that make you feel? Knowing that the worker just broke this news to you, and now yeah, you, so, you have, go ahead. She, so then she expo- explained, the worker explained to me that now, um, because I had already signed that, that document, now now I had to fight for him to get back. It wasn't a simple, oh, here, no, he's property of you now. Wait, you can't, <laughs> they can't just rip the paper? You just signed the paper. Couldn't. Couldn't. You gotta be kidding yeah. me. So... And being a, a unsupported, however, however, here's this is this is how this is the the journey, mm. how I led myself into a, a career in law, because I had to every single month go to court unrepresented and fight the Children's Aid Society for my own child. <laughs> wow! Yes, with his limited time on this earth. <laughs> And everything that they told me to do or be or anything, I jump. I jumped through all the hoops. I made them look like silly so many times. They they ended up backing off and everything. However, everything everything happens for a reason. Because of that whole traumatic situation, I met a woman who had like twenty five years experience. Um, fostering children with special needs. Um, her, na- her name was Susan, and she had adopted so many kids over the years. Um, and she taught me so much about how to take care of my son. She taught me about like memory foam mattresses, and if he had reflux, put a wedge under, and she helped me order these things. And she would she would always take me to um, the classes, like to learn how to feed him through his feeding tube and administer certain medications. And 
um, what to do. He had over a hundred seizures a day. Like, what do you do? Wow. Panic. <laughs> do you panic? Uh, yes, no, I do. I panic. <laughs> I <No>. would panic. <laughs> you gotta learn. You gotta learn what to do. Oh, you know? Right. So gosh. This woman, this woman just she she introduced me to a different way of you know, everything for a reason. Everything. So yeah, the adoption process went a little sideways there, but if it didn't. Wow. That's, that's, honestly, that's, that's an incredible story. You know, I always say women, um, single mothers specifically, because I'm, I'm, I'm a big um, advocate of single mothers who are doing a great job raising human beings. And, you know, I champion that because I'm a product of that. I'm a byproduct of, of that. Um, and I know so many other, uh, single moms doing it. So I don't ascribe to this narrative that we all must have two parents in the home in order to be right. And, and so that's why it's incredible when I hear these stories, because I'm constantly reminding people that as long as your heart and your spirit and, and you're willing to learn new things every day that will make you a better person, you can be a parent the way that you want to parent. I mean, I'm going to disagree with you because I am raising men and being a woman. Oh, no, that's a different telling argument. Them that's a different discussion. Rather than being a man, showing yeah. them what to do. Yes, yes. Is, that's a different conversation. A different. That's a different conversation. But but um, I think how I how I do agree with you in this scenario is that the the choice was to have a really bad role model father in their life or an absent one. Right. And with you think about the statistics that, that they hit. Right. Yep. Single mom, yep. teenage mom, poor mom, yep. no support family mom. Like they're right. hitting all of these boxes. I know that I was always smart to know, like there's boxes yeah. and you gotta, you gotta take care of that shit. So yeah. I wasn't going to give them another box to check because I knew and I had confidence that I could take good care of these kids and good care of my family and myself um, and bring them up out of anything any anything and i did but that right there that approach that mentality is what i'm talking about when you have a mother and a father in the house something's missing and i'm telling you that because some what's missing for me is as i hear you say the last statement you just said and that same passion that you said it with that can 90% of the time, in my opinion, can come from a single mother. Why? Because, for lack of a better term, that's the trenches. That's where you're you're doing everything for self and for the family. Right? Not the, to say that people people aren't in the trenches in their two-parent home, because no. they are. Yes, they are. They right? definitely, there's a lot of work. There's a lot of work to be done with those two adults. That's right. Learning and growing and living their life. That's the challenge. Right. <laughs> so 
that's a huge challenge. But the, the point I wanted to kind of run home with is the fact that when you are doing things alone, the drive is different. You, you don't you don't have the option of saying, you know what, I'm going to take a break here because, you know, my partner is going to take this one for me tonight. You get what I'm saying? That's fact. Yeah. That's the luxury or the privilege. Right. That's what's missing. And that's the difference between those two um, circumstances. That's what I want to point out, because single moms are dealing with that on a regular basis. So it's often easier for, you know, onlookers to look and say, you know what, mm, she's not doing a great job as a mom. You have no idea what she's doing every day. You have no idea what she's going through every day. Right. And it's easier and to I judge. Think, yeah. Like I think like even looking at any any other mom and same one way or the other. Stay in your lane. That's it. Stay in your lane. That's it. <laughs> like, That's it. Worry about your house, <laughs> right? Like, I, I mean, the best, the best thing that I ever, the best thing that I ever did was really, I don't care how I look to other people. There was a lot of things going through my head about the questions you were going to get asked me. And I thought very carefully at that well, am I going to customer service this man or am I going to just have a conversation? <laughs> I like that term, customer service. <laughs> okay. Well, um, that was that. And, you know, part of that came from what are the listeners going to think about me? Well, why would I think, why would I think that? That's a pattern. That's a thought pattern that is so deeply ingrained. Who knows? Even maybe my parents have that same thought pattern. Who knows how long that has ingrained in me that I have to stop myself physically, consciously and be like, whoa, you actually don't care. So why, why is your body getting feeling like this? You actually don't care what anybody thinks of you so yeah. just talk to this man <laughs> just be real i appreciate you for that i do i really do um how young were you when you first got married 20 wow how was that experience i look so pretty you say you look so pretty yeah <laughs> nice <laughs> what so how, how did that go like how long first of all how long did that one last the first one is that you, you've only been married once or twice? I w- I'm only been married once. Okay. How was that experience um, like? Yeah, I've only been wearing one, married once and we never actually got a divorce. I'm still married legally. Oh, wow. Nobody else wanted to marry me, so. Oh, stop it. You got to get the paperwork done. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you got to do. <laughs> you know, it's just, yeah. Unfortunately, because, like, side note, I don't know where he is. Mm. He can't sign anything. Right, right. So this is the situation. But one thing at a time. That's it. That's it. How how would you describe that day for for yourself? Like, what do you remember about that day? We had a great time. We had a great, we had a great time. With the, I remember what his reaction was when he saw me. We, he and I just went to Niagara Falls. I went to, and got my hair done and stuff and my makeup done. And we got ready in the hotel room. And he came out or I came out of the bathroom or he came out of the bathroom. But I remember when he looked at me, he was like, whoa. 
Wow. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and we had a great time. No, we did. We had a great time. We went, we got married. We went, it was also his birthday. Oh, wow. So we went to the Skylon Tower for dinner and I had the uh, the pianist play Happy Birthday. Wow. He didn't like that too much, but that's, I, you know, yeah, had to yeah. embarrass him a little. And yeah. then, yeah, we went, we went to the casino and the strip club and we had a great night. Wow. Was it so was it just you two kind of eloping and doing your thing or is it uh, that's what it I was? Mean, it was planned. He took time off work. He took a couple of days off work. It was planned. Mm-hmm. But at that point, our son was nine months old, old enough to stay with grandma for the couple of days. And old, like, you know, I could take a couple of days off. Wow. Being a mom. So, yeah. Yeah. That's what we went and did. Man, that's awesome. I'm glad you had that experience. And then, yeah, a couple of weeks later, we had a party at the in his mom's backyard, and everybody everybody came and barbecue. Wow! So did you have your? Time. Was it a traditional dress that you had, or you kept it a little bit more classy, simple? No, no, it wasn't a traditional dress. It was. I'm gonna say all these words. You're not gonna have a clue. I'm gonna be like, it was a asymmetrical halter with a little. <laughs> no, I know what that is. <laughs> I'm not even speaking your language. That. That's, <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> That's awesome. Dress. It had some little pink flowers on it. It was a cute dress. Okay. Okay. Strap. One, one strap. <laughs> Shoulder straps. No. It's no. A halter. That's it. Oh. Yeah, it went around my neck. Okay. That's different. You yeah. still have that dress? Nice low back. Yeah. You still have it? No, I gave no. it to some kid down the block one day to play dress up. He <laughs> <laughs> just handed the wedding dress over to some kid. What is that? <laughs> I'm practicing on the parchment. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. Okay. Okay. Thank you for that. I'm going to shift gears a bit. I want to talk about your profession. That's, that's too funny. Uh, okay, okay. So what you, you mentioned that you have multiple roles, right? Um, jobs that you yes. chose and, and I'm glad that that's key words right there that you chose them. You didn't just apply to them because of money and desperation or, or any other reason. So that was good. What are those um, roles that you're, you're taking on now? Um, I started my own cleaning company about six years ago. Um, oh, that like- kind of started me on my independence, making money tip. And then um, I started working at the Board of Education at the Durham Board, mm. working as like a lunchroom supervisor and then a supply EA and then a permanent position EA role. And uh, I'm a bed, I'm a bud bud tender at a dispensary, which is like wow the best job ever the best job ever. Wow, how long have you been doing that one for? It's like not that long, just a couple of months. But I've been uh, talking about it for about a year, so I kind of that's what I mean. Like I I preed it for a while. I like mm. I I was going in. I was getting to know the staff. I was getting to know the routine. I made my connections 
infiltrated the system, you know. <laughs> and, and I just I didn't even have to interview. That was the thing. They already no knew I knew my shit. So I just like I talked to the manager on the phone for like forty five minutes, which was about bullshit. And then she's like, Well, you're high. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> nice, nice. A social butterfly. But I don't know if I would say that. I think that uh, I like I, I I like working. I like mm-hmm. making money. Mm-hmm. I like weed. <laughs> I like the discount. I get. There you go. But the customer service aspect of it, it's honestly a very satisfying to me. Oh. Oh. It's a very chill environment too. I'm not dealing with any like irate people. Right. Everyone's chill. They're they're all it's all it's all good. It's That's all dope. love in there. Man. So as a mother, this is a silly yeah. question I have to throw in here. As a mother, what would you choose, right? As your superpower between here are the 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 options, okay? Being a dishonesty detector, right? You're able to detect other people's mm-hmm. dishonesty. Finder of lost things. <laughs> or, or or being right all the time. <laughs> I feel like I'm all those things already. <laughs> Superwoman. <laughs> all day. Oh. I saw that coming. That's why I put it together like that. Because that's mother's duty. That's what we do. <laughs> like parents, that's how we do. We find things and <laughs> That's hilarious. Thank you for that one. Um, is there is there a period in your journey that you revisit mentally a lot? You know, like uh, an experience or, an, you know, a period that you're like, you know what? You reflect on that moment quite a bit more than others. I don't know. Like over the last couple of years, I've, I've uh, gone through some great therapy sessions and like really dealing with some stuff that I used to, I used to obsess over or like my mind would wander there. Mm. So no, not, not too much. Um, The last few years of my life, like certainly are very predominant right now. Like, like there's been a lot of changes and um, a lot of growth and, so I'm just kind of planning my future. I'm not really looking at any other past things. Wow. Thank you for that. Now, what do you have in mind for your future? What are you thinking? What are one thing, not all of it, just share one thing that you're excited about. Okay. <laughs> um, I have so many plans, like for so many different things. There's a lot of good things happening in my family right now. Like, um, my oldest son, he's he's doing really well. He like he's working. My my middle son, like he's 20 now, of course. Which wait, your so, older son is 20? Son, yeah. Wow. That's how long ago. Right, because you were was. you were 19. Yeah. Right. So okay, I got the math. I yeah. figured it out. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Twenty. Anyway. So yeah. Like 
I know. And I have a 16 year old. Wow. And he's doing well. He's producing music. He's set up a, a studio. Studio in the basement. Everything. Like he's doing his thing. Um, my daughter's 12. She's like perfect. I don't know. So like a lot of good <laughs> things are going on in my life right nice, now. Nice. Um, it's exciting time. I think for my career, um, I'm at a fork in the road right now. And I'm not sure if I continue on the path that I'm on, even though that was a part of my next couple of year plan. Uh, a lot of things have changed. And I think I could probably have a lot more time to myself and make a lot more money and a lot more differences if I branched out into a different not field but realm mm. for instance I work with the school board right now Right. public education system very limited on what I can do I'm very I'm, it's very restricting red tape yep um yeah, so there's a lot of different schools mm. that I could work for right. that I would be making these differences, you know, teaching on a different level. You know what I? I so I don't know. I'm trying to I'm trying to gauge that and see if I if I. I mean, it's working for the board is very cushy. It is. I have great benefits. I know exactly how much my paycheck's going to be. Yeah. I know that I work for the union. I know if I need to take some time off, I can. So why would I leave that? Some, sometimes that could be right? the, the carrot at the end of the stick, right? That sometimes that could be... Well, it's and calculated risk. Yes. So am I able to secure the same, like, to, the same security in the, in the next parallel because that I'm not going to obviously dip. Right. I'm not going to do that. Right. Not at this stage in my life. Right. I don't, I don't need to, I don't need to. It's all inclined. So, I mean, I could do that, but I also could go the dispensary route and go into corporate. That's a different idea. Uh, so, the ball and that's what I mean yeah. so that's a whole different situation I mean that's an adventure and that is not something I would normally do because that's an adventure but maybe but but maybe I mean I, just I mean you you did say at the beginning that you 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 were wild for an entire year so I think the adventure is is there already yeah. <laughs> Guess I made up my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think change is definitely gonna be something positive for you. I don't I don't see you getting into something and not excelling. And I'm only saying that in this brief moment that we've met, I'm only saying that because of the energy that you have and the mindset that you have. And so I wanna encourage you to continue on that. Right. Whatever decision, whichever path, whether it's the entrepreneurship path or corporate or where you're currently at with the, you know, um, the public service role. Go for it. But 
I have no doubt that when you do whichever role you you decide to pursue first, because I'm, I'm assuming you're probably going to do all of them. It's just a matter of when you're going to do them. But whichever one you decide to do first, I don't I don't doubt that you're going to put your all into it. And so when you do that, naturally the reward is going to come, which is is going to be in an abundance for for you, whether you're ready for it or not or not. And I think that's part of the challenge that we face when we're venturing out into different spaces. We're scared about what the outcome is going to be, whether great or, you know, what not what we expected, whatever the roadblocks might be, because there will be some. Right. But I think you'll be more than fine. You're right. And it's, it's easy to it's easy to go out into these things without an expectation. Right. But you have I think basically. it's it's really a matter of how hard do I have to work because I always obtain the thing. If, if I have to work very, very, very hard at it, is it worth it? That's what I have it. Right. So that's, that's what I base things on really. Yeah. Um, and that's why I choose jobs that I'm innately good at so that it's a little, it's a little less strenuous, strenuous, um, to learn. Yes. The learning curve is shorter. Yeah. That makes sense. So we're nearing the end, right? Hang in there with me. Um, I have a, a pretty silly, yeah, little segment here, um, called thinking out loud. So now I'm going to ask you this one question, but you have two options in that question. It's mm-hmm. silly. So have some fun with it. All right. <laughs> Would you rather walk in on your parents doing the do or have your eldest walk in on you doing the do? <laughs> yeah, like I don't like that's my kids trauma. Let him see that shit. I don't I'm not I don't want to see my parents. I don't care. Yeah. Let him go to therapy for that shit. <laughs> oh gosh. No, I throw I throw some of these silly um questions in there just to lighten it up and shake it up a little bit. But um <laughs> I don't that know if I'll be comfortable having a, a grown kid looking at me, but you know, yes, I'd definitely probably prefer to walk in on my parents and have them my kids walk in on me. <laughs> um <laughs> Now, the school board, how long have you been there for? Uh, six years. Oh, wow. Since that's including being in the lunchroom and helping out and kind of moving your way. Yeah, yeah in every capacity, yes. Mm, wow. And what are some of the, just share one experience that really like touched your heart working there with those kids? I know you have multiple. I just want you to share one that really stands out to you. Um, well, it's more of an experience that I, that I share with mostly all of my students. Okay. Um, it's the moment when I figure out how they learn Mm. and I can amalgamate my teaching to how they learn and then they get it and you see when they get it and they're so happy and proud 
and they're like, oh shit, this is like, it opens a window for them. Uh, It starts to unravel and you can see it. And this is, I've experienced this many times with many of my students. And that's kind of like my commitment to them is watching that behavior and trying to figure out how, how to get them a little bit more confident in their skills. Do you, you find that, I'm just asking this as a parent now, do you find that you have moments where you have more, you recognize you have more patience with other people's kids than your own? Yeah. <laughs> She's I'm like, like oh yeah. Every day. <laughs> no, I have to catch myself sometimes, right? I get into those moments where I'm like, um, he he doesn't deserve this. Listen, Let me- all they really are, yeah. Your kids are are little versions of you. Yeah. Unhealed versions of you. Yeah. Uneducated, unconscious versions of you. So you're looking at them and you're just like, <laughs> this is wild. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So if you could spend one day with anyone, right? Dead or alive. I know. I know. Who would it be? And why? This is dumb. <laughs> Uh, can I can I pull the I do not recall card? What? <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Okay. Uh, if, if I could spend one day, mm-hmm. but you know what? For real, for real, I'd spend I would spend a day with my auntie who passed away a couple years ago. Yes, uh, she passed away. That's my person. Absolutely, I would oh. spend another day with her. Oh. Just chilling, coloring, smoking weed. That'd be a good day. What, what what does she mean to you? It sounds like she meant a lot. Like, oh, a unconditional, lot. unconditional love. Oh wow, that was the constant. Yeah, she was the constant in my life. And what, was she from? Is that your mom's sister or your dad's sister? That's my dad's sister. Yeah, she uh, she taught me a lot about unconditional love. She taught me a lot about life. She spoiled me. Like the most bougiest spoil you could ever <laughs> spoil a child. Like every time she took me out, she would buy me a whole outfit. It wouldn't just be like like a like a dress. It would be a shoes, oh, socks, wow. like pantyhose, a dress, a hat, a purse, everything. She just made sure that like I guess that was her way of expressing. Mm how like how much she I meant to her right like this was what she did but at the same time I remember sitting on the floor with her doing arts and crafts for hours like making tissue paper flowers and hats at Thanksgiving time for the whole family and always some some great shit always so taking me to Wonderland every single year wow she she made my yeah she made it count you know do you mind sharing her name? I want to kind of give her her shout out because I think she's monumental to you. And I think that's important. My auntie Betty. Wow. Man. Well, I, I want to thank her for that, for you and the person that you've become in and blessing my show tonight. Um, how do you want to be remembered when it's all said and done? I don't, don't remember me. What? Don't remember me. Just too late. Yeah. Like just 
no, <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like, it, but no, like, because honestly, it's all energy transfers. Whatever I give to you, that piece of me is now a part of you. So take that. You don't need to remember me because you're going to feel that you get something is going to feel like that again, you know, that spark, that, that laughter, that whatever, whatever I can give. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. But I think you're selling yourself a little too short with that. And I'm saying that because I do agree with you in the energy sharing. And I'm going to add to that by saying that, yes, you are going to leave that energy. But sometimes the way the mind works, we need to make a connection visually. And that's why I'm asking, how do you want to be remembered? Because I'm going to remember the feeling. I, I usually try to associate it with, with, you know, some sort of visual or energy, you know, create something in my mind that I can some, actually see it some, again. Some, and, yeah. Yeah. Tangible right. Yeah. Not, not necessarily. Yeah. Thing. But if, even if it's a quote, right. You might have a quote, a statement. I like that's, I can't. A quote or a statement. I I came prepared for this actually. Okay. Hold on. Well, I hold on. Well, I I because I did write something down. Mm-hmm. Thanks for reminding me. Everybody talks about how traveling back in time and doing something small can drastically change the present, but. No one talks about how changing something today can drastically change the future. Our consciousness is a self-fashioning agent and we, we commit our path. Um, we also choose to let go of another self-reflective like, narrative. Our lives embody what... Wait, what sorry, I, sorry, Angela, I lost you for a second. I don't know what happened, but it seems like yeah. your volume disappeared. <laughs> kind of like, I don't know if I'm making sense. I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty high right now. <laughs> um. <laughs> no, I just, I'm not sure if you pushed a button night, on your phone. to thank you for that because it means a lot that you took the time to write that, to share that. And, and I hope the listeners um, appreciate it as well, because these are the moments that I think people need to recognize and appreciate more and more people like yourself. Um, I can't thank you enough for making this happen. It's been a pleasure and a treat of mine 
and a privilege to actually get to meet you and have this conversation with you. And I am going to take you up on that part two, by the way. <laughs> so I will take you up on that part two. <laughs> um, but before we wrap things up, is there one statement or quote or advice that you can leave our listeners on their journeys? Anything that you can leave them? Thank you. Thank you. I want to thank our listeners. I want to thank everyone for continuing to support the show every single week. Continue to share it. And more importantly, I want to thank my guest, Angela, for making this another, another entertaining, engaging, awesome, enlightening. Um, and thank you for the laughter. If you haven't noticed, that's one thing that I love to do. And so thank you for being able to provide me with some of that, a lot of that tonight. <laughs> so until next episode, love, peace, and nappiness. Mm -hmm.